you know the saying, hope springs eternal, but sometimes there's still questions that remain. And after you go three and nine in a season, there's no way to to, to completely polish all that turd. On today's show, I'm going to look at some of the biggest unanswered questions facing this program heading into next season. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome. This is AJ Black, editor and publisher of Eagle Insider, part of the 247 Network. This this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every map moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. All right. Over the last week, we've looked at where BC stands. You know, there's been a ton of news in terms of transfers in, a couple out. Uh, New coaches, there's a new offensive line coach, and we're still waiting for the official confirmation on the offensive coordinator. And, you know, there's there's a lot of question marks still remaining about this team. And this episode is specifically catered to look at those questions that still face Boston College. Because as I said, a team that went three and nine last year, there's going to still be questions. When you look at their SP+, and they are projected to finish... 13th out of 14 teams next year, based off of their projections, you have to have questions. So what are those? What, you know, we're feeling confident about some things, but what are some of the biggest question marks still facing this team? The first one I want to get into is quarterback Emmett Moorhead. Emmett Moorhead had a solid start to his season last year after replacing Phil Dracovic. You know, he ended up playing in a total of, 10 games through for 1,254 yards, 10 touchdowns and six interceptions. But to say that his game by game is inconsistent would be an understatement for, you know, every Duke where he threw for four touchdowns and Syracuse where he threw for two, you know, he had his Notre Dame game where he struggled and the end of the Yukon game where he struggled. Now, a lot of that was put on the offensive line, but truth be told, it's going to be a big year for him. He's going to get the full reins of that offense. And this new offensive coordinator is going to have to work with Moorhead to see if he can get him into that next category of quarterbacks. Can he progress past young guy who may make mistakes to, you know, certain quarterback that is um, good and serviceable against good defenses that can read blitzes that can make his throws both long and short and do all those little things that a good ACC quarterback is going to have to do. You know, I, I think a lot of folks are hoping because we saw the progression from Moorhead from that 2021 season where he went and threw six for 16. Uh, and, you know, most of that was against Syracuse and was sacked six times to a quarterback that looked like a completely different quarter, you know, guy in 2022. A lot of that was on Steve Shimko. And as we said on this podcast, Shimko was most likely going to be the guy calling plays along with Rob Chizinski this year. So he's going to have a big role in developing Emmett Moorhead, but we don't know what Moorhead's going to be able to do. And that's a fair question mark and a fair unknown going into 2023. 
The next big question mark is on our screen right now on YouTube. And it's it's a big one. That's the man in charge, Jeff Halfley. We are entering year four of Jeff Halfley. You know, as we have said on this podcast, optimism was abound in that COVID year in 2020 when the team went six and five, but were battling teams like Clemson and UNC and, and beat Pitt. They were feeling good. And then 2021 happens. You lose Phil Dracovic, six and six, a year that many folks were expecting big things because you were returning so much talent. It was a disappointment. And then last year was a disaster. So this is a big year for Halfley. And I think there's a lot of unanswered questions about where his potential is. You have different folks saying different things about what they think he can do. There's a lot of national guys that think that he'll figure things out. There's a lot of fans that don't. Will he be able to get this team back to where they need to be? It's a year where there's going to be a schedule that is perfectly tailored for Boston College to turn or turn things around. But it seems like every year so far, other than 2020, the last two years, excuse me, have found some sort of catastrophic issue with the roster that caused the team to collapse. You know, it was the quarterback and then it was the offensive line. Is there something that we're missing? And if that happens again, does Halfley get a fourth year to, uh, you know, a fifth year to fix things? I don't think he will. I don't. I, he's a nice guy. And I think there's a lot of potential there, but if he messes up again, and this team is not set to win. This could be the last. I think this would be the last year for Jeff Halfley. So <clears throat> his ability to turn this question, this team around. I said Moorhead was the biggest question. One of the biggest questions. I, I'm lying, folks. Jeff Halfley is the biggest question, right? He's the he's the he is the captain that's in charge of the ship. And so far, this captain's run into two icebergs he's got to prevent year three. He's got to show that he has, he just like more, I say Moorhead has to progress. Halfley has to learn from his mistakes. He has to learn as a coach, how to get his team to that next level. And that's a huge question mark. Can he do that? Or is he, is there something about his coaching style, whether it's the play calling, whether it's what he has, the way he's evaluated talent. I'm not sure what that is. But has is there a a Achilles heel to Halfley that is on both legs and on both shoulders and both elbows that is going to take him down? And that's going to be a big question mark because we could be sitting here in October going, what the hell happened to this football team? They had an easy schedule. What's going on? This there should again should be enough talent on this roster to not only get bowl eligible, six and six would be a disappointment with the way this schedule looks, but to do things that BC has not been able to do to get to that next level. I'm not saying they need to win the ACC. I, I think that's foolish, but they should be able to possibly win eight games. I think that's a potential, but again, it all goes back to the head guy in charge. If there's something wrong with this team and I'm not seeing it, and, and we, you know, watching as the horror unfolds again in the fall. That's going to be the death knell for Jeff Halfley's tenure at Boston College. He'll end up <clears throat> being a defensive coordinator at some power five program again. 
and will be on the coach number four uh, since uh, Jeff Jagosinski. But that's kind of where we're going to leave that part. Now, in a moment, I'm going to actually look at some other parts that uh, of this team that I have question marks. I have a question about recruiting. I have a question about special teams. I have a question about um, uh, defense. I, I mean, I've got a lot of questions. So for folks that think that I've been too kind to this team, you're going to want to hear what I have to say about that in just a moment. Now, if you have been listening to our podcast, you know, FanDuel is the new sportsbook partner of the Locked On Network. And with it being the midway point of the NBA season, it's a perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's bonus bet bucks bets back if you first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Now, if you're into college sports and you don't live in Massachusetts because you can't bet on Mass, you can't bet on FanDuel in Mass yet. I think it's March 10th that they're looking at. But if you live out of town, you can bet on the BC game this weekend. It'll be interesting to see what the line is. They're playing in Tallahassee. So I'm guessing the Florida State Seminoles will have a bit of an edge, but check it out. Check out to see what FanDuel has. They put the odds up Nice and early, so make sure to check that out. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a bigger chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat-first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. It's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This is Locked On BCAJ Black. Thank you all who have listened and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have not done so already, we are gaining new followers every day, and I want you to be part of this army. I want you to be a a, a, a member of our subscriber base here at Locked On BC. We are up to almost 750, and we want you to be part of it. And if you don't, if you need more examples of why you should do it, I'm telling you. We have a great comment section and we have guys like Christian Mahogany out there who just said, I just want you to put the word out there that we're back up. Christian is making sure you guys all know that this season isn't about question marks, that they're going to be winning. Um, And he has been very adamant about that in our comment section. So uh, make sure to check it out. All right. So question marks. This is, these are just, these are not me doubting BC. This is not me saying, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't, I, I think it's question mark. It's reasonable doubt. It's reasonable uh, to to think that these are things that we need to see to believe. And if you're a, a, an optimist, if you're someone who thinks these things are going to get better, then you're feeling pretty good. But there's still things that we have to see on the field. And one position I want to see next year uh, that I think is, is a big question mark, because I think they need to take that next step, are the, the linebackers. Now, Cam Arnold is now, and I can't believe I'm saying this, on his fourth year with BC. Uh, you know, he came in with with Jeff Halfley. He is, uh, the, he's going to be a senior linebacker next to Vinny De Palma, who I believe is also coming back, who is, I, I think, five years, possibly six. Uh, he seems like he's been around forever, uh, which is great. You got, you have veteran leadership now, but now back there. Now with Cam, you know, we all know the story of what he he came through. He was a safety when they first uh, recruited him. He came in, he converted from safety to linebacker, um, and he's had to adjust a little bit, which is normal. 
but he hasn't had a, I don't think he's had a breakout season yet. Now last year on, in terms of his, his um, pro football focus grade, he had a 60.7, which I don't think is awful. His run defense was great. He had a 71.5, uh, 71. He was a tackling at 71.5. Um, his lowest grade was coverage. He was, he struggled in coverage, but like everything else there shows me that he's a guy that, it, you know, with a little bit of finesse and in, in terms of that short coverage game will be a good, good linebacker. I mean, everything he has is in the seventies other than coverage. So he's a guy that I think will could pot potentially make that next step. Vinny De Palma has been consistent and I thought he had a pretty good season last year. He finished with a 64 grade on pro football focus, uh, 66 in tackling 67.4 in, in coverage. You know, I don't, I don't want to bash Vinny. Vinny is a guy I know that defense really values. Um, you know, he's not the fastest guy on the field. He's definitely not. But he's a guy that, you know, there there were a series of big plays he made during the season. In games that they lost, but it was like getting the defense off the field types of plays. Um, and I thought Vinny did a nice job with that. So I think the big question marks are going to be Ar- Arnold. Can he take that next step? But more so Bryce Steele. Bryce Steele played a, a lot of downs last year. Uh, another kid, you know, he was a sophomore that converted from safety to linebacker. Um, and he graded out, he was one of the lower grades on the team. He graded a 46-3, which is is not good. Um, good at pass rush in 86.2, but, you know, his grades in, in run, run defense and um, in coverage were really bad. So he, he's going to be a guy that has to take a next step. Like he, he can't be a liability in that linebacker room. Like he, you know, you need him to, to be able to do that. And this is the year to do it, right? It's his junior year. Can he do that? That's a big question. Again, question mark. You want to see he's a former four-star recruit. <clears throat> Excuse me. Will he take that next step? So I think linebackers are a definite question mark heading into next year. All right. Next. Going in the defense again. Elijah Jones. This was one of the bigger stories of the season. Uh, he graded out as a 65.1 uh, and a 69.7 in pass coverage. But the bit now with Josh DeBerry uh, in the transfer portal, can Elijah Jones be the shutdown corner that they need him to be? Uh, he had, you know, against NC State, he had a 73.7 in coverage. He had a 72.1 against UConn and 82. He was lights out against Clemson. Uh, he had an 83 grade against Clemson. He had a sick game. So he has, he has the potential to be that guy. You want to, you want to have a guy on in your secondary that you can stick out there that can be your, you know, shutdown corner. Debe- you know, I-, I thought DeBerry had the potential to do it. I think Elijah Jones honestly has a higher upside right now. I, I- he's a good size. He's six two, um, but I want to see more consistency out of him. You know, for every game I said that he had an eighty two against Clemson, he also had a tough game against Florida State. He had a tough game against uh, Maine. Um, you know, so there were there were not. You know, it was it was trending in the right direction. So hopefully he can put that together, but that's a big question mark, right? You want him to be the leader in that secondary, the the big guy that can do a lot of things. And I think he could do it. So we'll have to wait and see. Next, let's look at the kicking special teams. 
special teams was special last year. I think we all remember our conversations that we had on this podcast about how every game there was an issue with some sort of part of special teams, whether it was Connor Litton uh, regressing, there were shank punts by Dennis Longman. There were kick returns that, that bit them. There were block punts. There was, I mean, you name it. They had some issue all over the field with special teams question mark for this year. Can they clean that up? Can Litton get back into being that 80% kicker? Can they get, can Sam Kandati, the, the Aussie rules punter, become the every down punter? You know, he looked at times like he was more um, a, a situational punter last year, but he, they're going to need him, uh, you know, to flip the field next year. And can they cut down on the, on the mental mistakes there? Because I think a lot of it was mental mistakes, like, you know, holding on, on kick returns and, and, and mistakes here and there. I think that will be a big question mark for next year. They, you know, special teams is something that goes under the radar a lot, but you only talk about special teams when they're a making huge plays or B they're costing you games. BC last year, I, you know, I think there were other issues that cost them games, but there were times where that special teams did them no favors. So I think it's going to be a big, big piece for them for, for 2023 to, to, to clean it up. Uh, and, you know, we've seen them have, you know, I, I think back to Grant Carlson in 2020 and, and Connor Litton in 20, I mean, 2021. Um, they've, they've had times where that special team to look good. It's just, they need to be more consistent, like good teams. Like look at what Clemson does. BJ Potter was an excellent kicker. They had, they never had a punt. Uh, well, they had a punt because DJ couldn't move the ball, but you, it was never something that you talked about because they were just consistent. Like they don't, they don't make big mistakes and good teams do that. It, it, pro teams. You look at the Pats, they're always consistent. You got guys like Matthew Slater who never make mistakes uh, or very rarely make mistakes that BC needs a little, a level of consistency like that too. Now in our final segment, I have one last question mark to ask. And then we're going to wrap things up and uh, just do a little preview of the weekend as there's some big uh, BC events that are not football coming up. We'll get to that in just a moment. This is Locked on BC. I'm your host, AJ Black. Thank you all for listening. And uh, for all of you who have made us your first listen every morning, thank you so much. Um, We are the only Boston College daily podcast out there. Um, And, you know, there's a, a, there is a, um, a need for this folks want to talk BC sports. It's, it's, it's a quiet group right now, but I, you know, when there's big events, people want to talk about it and I want to be there to, to give you all the analysis and inside information that you want. So the bigger, one of the big questions I had was about recruiting. This is actually something I'm going to, I'm going to kind of veer off a little bit here. We talked about defense. I talked about Emmett Moorhead um, and and the offensive line I could bring up, but we've beaten that to death. I'm not going to bring that up again. Recruiting. I have a question in my mind that I'm wondering where the staff is on this. BC, if you if you are a follower or a subscriber of Eagle Insider, you know that Boston College has um, really put an emphasis on St. Francis Academy since Jeff Halfley has taken over. Azar Abdul-Rahim, the associate head coach and um, defensive backs coach, has a great relationship with that staff. And they've been very active in terms of offering kids. They've had five or six kids commit to BC um, and, and over the last couple of years. And they always seem to have, you know, 
you know, vans of kids coming up to visit from San Francisco Academy. And it's a good school in terms of like football talent. I mean, they're one of the top five teams in the country. So it's not a, it's not a bad idea to get in. Cause they've had, I mean, right now they have one of the top quarterbacks in the country uh, who's going to end up at a blue chip. That's not going to end up at BC, but I have to wonder this off season has brought up a bunch of questions about BC recruiting the school in my mind. You know, in the past couple of years, they landed Jude Bowery, um, who I think will be a starting offensive lineman before the time is, uh, you know, before things are over. They landed CJ Burton, who's in that picture right there. They also have uh, KP Price. And I am blanking. Oh, um, no, I'm blanking on another one. They, they, I think they've had four. Um, oh, Darrell Robinson was the other one. But what happens with all of these guys other than Jude Bowery? They're all out of the program already. BC has had, I think, three or four decommitments at really bad times uh, from 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 St. Francis Academy. First, you had Brian Sims, who decommitted to go to Cincinnati. Whatever. You had Darrell Robinson, their running back, who I know they were really high on, decommit to go to Charlotte. Like, really? You had Jamal Hood, who... I don't know why he didn't end up at the school, but you can take any guess you want. Uh, he's not playing anywhere, so I don't know what happened there. You've had CJ Burton, who left uh, the program. So, yes, your recruit, and, and Burton was your highest rated recruit under Jeff Halfley. But what's the point of recruiting a school if every time you get a kid from that school, it never works out? I mean, BC's shooting, you know they're below the Mendoza line here in terms of how they're batting against with, with these recruits from the school. So I wonder if BC would be best off looking someplace else, trying another program, uh, you know, that maybe is a little bit more stable. And I, I don't know what, the, I don't, I don't know if there's any sort of like running theme with these kids or what's going on there. I'm not going to guess. I'm just saying there seems to be a pattern here and you just look at the results of what's happened from the kids that they land or are interested in from St. Francis Academy and what happens to them once they either commit to BC or end up on campus. So my biggest question mark is, does BC move on from St. Francis Academy or do they continue recruiting there? You know, it, it it's a treasure trove of talent, but as I said before, what's good is talent if they're not going to ever play on campus. CJ Burton right now is the only one who ever played. And he only was like a spot starter here and there. And he really didn't play much of a role last year. Um, you know, other than the first couple of games. So I think there's a question there for the recruiting moving forward. Now this weekend is a big weekend for BC sports. BC basketball heads to Tallahassee to play Florida state. Florida state's interesting because they are a team that started off the season miserably. They got a, they had one of their stars hurt. He came back and they've been playing much better lately. And I think they're going to be a challenge for BC, but it's a good, it should be a good game. And that's on Saturday. In addition, you also have BC baseball. They're opening their season against Pepperdine. Um, I don't, someone asked me if to cover BC baseball for this. I mean, I mean, folks, like uh, part of this podcast is I talk about what people are going to listen to and baseball is great for the very small group that listen to it. But I have heard over and over again, most people don't care. And so unless something really interesting happens, I'm not going to, I'll give you some results, but like, I'm not going to, 
like the games, many of the games aren't on TV. It's, it's impossible. Um, so, uh, we'll, 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 we'll keep an eye on it though. Uh, women's lacrosse, I believe has a game this weekend and, uh, hockey is also playing this weekend as well. So we're going to head out, uh, have a great long weekend. I know, uh, Monday is a holiday and, um, we'll be back on Monday. We'll talk about the Tallahassee game against Florida state. We'll talk about, you know, if there's a new offensive coordinator or anything, that happens for BC basketball. Um, I'm going to be up in a ski house for the week, but I will be recording. It might sound a little different than right now because I won't have all my a plus equipment, but I think you guys will enjoy it. So make sure to follow me on Twitter at AJ black underscore BC and hit that subscribe button on YouTube right now. Just do it. Thank you so much for everyone for listening tonight. We'll be back again soon. We'll see you again.